Welcome to News Over Brews, the only podcast that breaks down the best of this week's pop culture over a nice cold beer. Sponsored by PopBreak.com. I am your host and moderator, Al Manorino. On this week's episode, we give an update on the Daredevil Netflix series, discuss the casting of Star Wars Episode 7, and we review the latest single from Judas Priest. Thank you for joining us another installment of News Over Brews. With me, as always, is two people that were left off from the Star Wars Episode 7 casting list, Ryan DeMarco. <laughs> Reprise my role as Yoda. I will get all the bitches I can. <laughs> okay, lame Star Wars impressions aside, Lucas, what are we drinking this week? Well, Al, we're drinking yet another beer from Dogfish Head. And it seems like we've beaten Dogfish Head to death. How many beers could they possibly have? Well, as it turns out, more than we could possibly drink. This time, it's Namaste, a beer that's available year-round and was originally released in 2009. It comes in at a 4.8% alcohol by volume with a 20 IBU bitterness rating. It's a wit beer made with dried organic orange slices, lemongrass, and a little bit of coriander. So you're talking about a light beer that, as Ryan said, is thin, but not a bad thin. A delicious thin. Exactly. Um, it's, it's a very, very light beer that's really good, cold, and served on a, on a warm day. Um, something like a warm summer night or, you know, a hot summer day, it's it's nice. You know, it, it comes in with a definite white ale, wit beer, kind of a, kind of a weediness, but it's cut, sort of. It's not super weedy. It's cut with that coriander, that little bit of Belgian spice that gives it depth. And then it finishes off with that orange sweetness. That little bit of citrus that, again, adds to the depth of this beer. You know, last week we we talked about how we're kind of done with beers that are, like, punching you in the face with different flavors. And we're trying to go towards beers that are more balanced. Well, this is one of those beers. Um, You're talking about something that you can pair with roasted turkey, Caesar salad, um, like a, a cheese platter that features maybe goat cheese or a light cheese. Um, something that as we move into the warm summer months, you're more comfortable to pair with food you'd serve in the summer. Um, it pours with a thick head, but it disappears kind of quickly, medium lacing, although that doesn't really mean much in terms of, uh, in terms of alcohol content. Uh, Ryan, you know, we talked about how you liked this beer, you know, it was a thin, but a good thin. Why don't you kind of explain that a little bit more? Well, um, as opposed to other things in life, thin is good here. But it has a nice, thin taste. Um, you smell a lot of the coriander, as you said, lemon, um, even like a grassy kind of scent. I, ca- I kind of caught like um, in, in a weird way. Um, it's a nice, cloudy, cloudy champagne-like color to it. Um, it's light, refreshing. Like you said, I, I would have this on a nice, hot summer day. Um, and it has that bittersweet bittersweet fruity taste to it and then when you drink it it kind of has like a peppery finish to it that kind of that kind of stays on your tongue at least it did with me Mm -hmm. 
Well, I, I think the, the pepper that you're getting is some of that, that coriander spice. It's like, again, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, something to take that basic wit beer, that basic wheat light beer taste and add depth. Because when you add something like orange and you add something like coriander, you're adding something on two different parts of the spectrum. You're adding that, that peppery spice and you're also adding that sweet citrus, which register on two different parts of your tongue, um, which is one of the reasons why I think this beer is so incredibly balanced and really well done by Dogfish Head. You know, again, they're they're known a lot of times for these crazy beers, like an ale mixed with maple syrup, the 75-minute. Um, two beers we haven't reviewed yet, the 120-minute IPA. And the Worldwide Stout, which is, you know, rumored to be called the Worldwide Stout because it has the most calories of any beer in the world. Um, you know, they're, they're known for doing those crazy beers and doing them well, but it's nice to have them come sort of back down to earth and do something nice, balanced, and low alcohol. Something you can have two or three yeah, of at a barbecue definitely. and not have to worry. <laughs> not be the embarrassing relative at the family party <laughs> exactly um i'd shoot it over to al to ask him his thoughts but he didn't want to miss a parking space uh tell us your thoughts al uh well i don't have any thoughts except i mean it's dogfish i'm very excited to try it i haven't tried it yet and uh i'll probably have to make a liquor store run tomorrow and get some myself uh namaste you you know you've you said it sounds like a very peaceful kind of beer very well put together, so that's a great name for one. And uh, it's dogfish, so obviously it's going to be good. Um, what would you pair this with, Luke? Well, like I said before, I, I would pair it with something like a like a roasted turkey or, um, you know, maybe like a sweet-glazed barbecue chicken. Like if you're, you know, glazing your chicken with something like, uh, you know, like rosemary or thyme or, or some kind of a dry rub. Um a Caesar salad, a pasta with like a light cream sauce. Um, even if you're doing something that's common for me in the summer, which is something like a uh, summer sausage or a Italian supersad with light cheese, mozzarella, goat, brie. You know, this is definitely a good accompaniment to something that's nice and light. Uh, gentlemen, if you are entertaining any ladies this summer, I highly recommend a six-pack of Namaste, some mild Italian sausage, and some goat cheese and some brie and make a nice platter and invite your guests uh, out onto the deck, the patio, some sort of outdoor entertainment center. And uh, I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, except for the fact that everyone's going to be farting sausage. You didn't see that coming, did you, Luke? You might want to bring some Beano with that, too. I'm, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> because all my thoughts are silenced on this show. Thank you, Lucas, for another lovely beer review. Now let's segue into our first bit of pop culture news. This week was a crazy week for sci-fi, superhero films, and pretty much everything else. Crazy, crazy news week, and we had to decide what are we going to actually talk about. First thing I want to talk about was some television news. We've mentioned before that Marvel and Netflix have teamed up to create five new series that are going to air on Netflix. 
and uh, they include Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, I, uh, Luke Cage, and then it's going to all lead them to a Defenders miniseries. We've got some news about uh, their first show, uh, fir- first show, Daredevil, that it's going to be directed by Drew Goddard, the director of uh, The Cabin in the Woods and the upcoming Sinister Six film that has to do with another superhero property. So the newest bit of news is the Daredevil series and all the other Netflix series are going to be in the same expanded universe with the Avengers and ABC's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So very exciting for fans of Marvel, for fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and for us here at News Over Brews. My question to Lucas is we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Marvel movies, Phase 1, Phase 2. We have the Avengers, Agents of, uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and now we're going to have five new series strictly on Netflix. Is Marvel uh, jumping the shark with this one? Is it going to be a little oversaturated? I mean, oversaturated for whom? You know, I... For people who are comic book fans and for people who are interested in the and, and by by interested I don't mean like like someone like me who's like interested because they don't know the story. I mean like interested because they already know the story and they want to see it on film. For the people who are already invested and want to see it on film, it's not gonna be oversaturation. It's gonna be like the thing that they watch. But I feel like for people like me, I mean, I'm just I'm just tired. You know? I, I it, it makes me sound kind of lame, and I get that, but I mean, I'm being honest. Is is you know the the news that these new series, which I was looking forward to, are going to be tied into the cinematic universe? What I'm expecting is that the movies are now going to take information from the universe, from from the TV shows, and not that I'm going to be missing crucial plot points. But if I wanted to watch a movie about just the crucial plot points, I'd watch a worse movie franchise than Marvel. You know, Marvel's about the little things. And with the movies, it was easy to keep up with the little things. You know, like, sure, I'd catch a movie maybe, like, six months late, you know, on some unidentified website of ill repute. But, you know, I'd catch up in time for the next movie. But with these TV shows on Netflix, I mean, it just seems like they're outdoing themselves a little bit with all of this. I guess you could call it oversaturation, you know, but I, that that's my opinion. Uh, the, the opinion of someone who's not invested in the comic book universe, but that's invested in the cinematic universe just on its own. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a great point. No, I don't believe it's oversaturated because then again, I am a, a fan of what Marvel is doing, and I'm also a comic book nerd, so I'm a huge fan of spreading this universe not just into cinemas, but also into television and combining them. You know, even if it's an offhand comment made by a character that, you know, oh, you know, whatever Stark's doing over there, that's great. You know, just, just a, a slight mention that, you know, it's all shared together, which is great because with comic books, you know, that's how it was. Everything affected everything else. So that's how it still is. Yeah, and it still is. So they're they're really taking that universe and bringing it to life and getting more people interested in it, and that's all it's about. So, uh, but Ryan, 
my question for you is, now that we know that it's going to be in the same universe, are Netflix going to be looking at bigger you know, movie stars, television stars to take on these roles and not cast unknowns? Uh, you know, I, I do. I think they are going to... I think they're just going to keep going about the same route. I don't think they're going to change up the formula. I don't think they're going to go after a specific a specific um, group of actors that they... I think they're going to keep doing what Marvel does best. They keep getting these quality actors, no matter how big, how small. Like, you go from Robert... De- Go from Robert Downey Jr. to um, Chris Hemsworth. You know, if you, people that are you know have been in the industry for a while to those who haven't, they're going to keep getting these solid actors, and I, I don't think they're going to be aiming for people that are, are really unknown because they're, they're they want this Netflix series to kind of work out. I don't think they want it to just go be completely unseen. So they're going to need some attraction for it. They'll go with they won't go with huge blockbuster actors. I think they'll go with with widely known actors who are qualified, that are able to hold these characters on their shoulders and lead a series. That's what it comes down to. Can these actors lead a series? Well, the great thing uh, about these upcoming series is it's already been confirmed that for lazy people like Lucas, I um, resent that. the whole series, the whole series, every episode will be available at once. So you can binge watch it in one night which is great. You don't have to catch up on it week to week, you know, because you're very busy out there, Luke. And also, another great thing is that um, this can eventually lead into taking these characters that were introduced in the Netflix series and put them uh, on the big screen, which is awesome. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm waiting for that, that big payoff where I'm assuming they're just, they, they, they have plans, I guess they have plans for phase three as well. I, I think... Th- what they're playing is that they're implementing this whole thing where the, everything kind of comes together, and you know that's really exciting. Yeah, they they have it planned up until uh, 2028 or something Which is crazy. Sickening. And you know what, Ryan, as a as a comic book fan, I'm starting to think that they have it planned that they're going to do a civil war. We won't get into that right now. We'll probably get into into another podcast, but I mean. How amazing would that be? I can't even think about it. I don't know if I can do another 14 years of Marvel movies. I can absolutely no, do another 14 years of Marvel movies. Not but, in our blood. Uh, look out for the Daredevil series, which is coming soon. And uh, you know, keep watching what Marvel is doing in theaters and on television. Moving on to movie news, some very exciting movie news have happened this week. And no, it wasn't the surprise announcement that Zack Schneider is directing the Justice League movie. Because, yes, that is awesome news, especially as a fan of Zack Schneider and uh, someone who's looking forward to Batman vs. Superman. But this news kind of blew it out of the water. Um, they have officially announced the cast for Star Wars Episode Seven. Captain Secret, J.J. Abrams, actually shared us some news for once, which is great because there's been so much speculation about this movie, and uh, we, you know, we we only knew a couple facts um, that the film opens December 18th, 2015, and that's about it. So now we finally know the full cast for the movie, and uh, you know, 
All the big names are there. The original cast members are there. Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Kenny Baker are all reprising their roles that, you know, the roles that made them famous. So the, 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 the one thing that we got out of this casting announcement wasn't that these people were going to return. Obviously, they were going to come back in some way. But it was that all of these new cast members, you know, who is going to be the, I guess, is it third generation, technically, Lucas, of Star Wars? Let's, let's, let's do it like that. The third generation cast of Star Wars, who's going to take uh, this franchise, hopefully, to a new and promising future. Uh, to a the galaxy includes... far, far away? Perhaps. Oh my God! No, not not that. You're, <laughs> you're, you're slowing me down. I know. I know you won't. Um, these actors include uh, Oscar Isaac, uh, Andy Serkis, who you known as uh, pretty much every He's Captain uh, CGI. Captain CGI. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know Gollum. It's King Kong. Caesar. Um, Caesar from uh, the Planet of the Apes, and uh, also um, some. Really, out you know, crazy casts like uh, Adam Driver from Girls, who uh, they speculated was going to be in this film, and they were right. And uh, I cannot pronounce this guy's name, but uh, it's John Boyega. And that name, it probably doesn't sound familiar to anyone, but for someone who has seen uh, the cult film Attack the Block, uh, he was the star of that film, and he was kind of, it was a breakout role for him. And obviously... Uh, J.J. Abrams really liked him because now he's going to be the star of this film. So, uh, now, Lucas, you are the biggest Star Wars fan I've ever met. It's not because I haven't met a lot of Star Wars fans. It's just you are the biggest one I've ever met. So, what do you think of this cast? I know you don't know any of these names because you're not a crazy movie freak like me and Ryan. But uh, what do you think of, you know, getting all these original cast members back? Well... I mean, first of all, with all the names that I don't know, I've taken a look at the actors, um, and, you know, they seem to fit. You know, no one crazy out of the blue, no crazy, like, no look that won't fit in the Star Wars universe. As far as the original actors go, we, we kind of knew that Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill were going to sign back. Um with all the rumors surrounding the story and the plot devices they were going to use, it seemed logical that Disney would want to bring back the original actors for two reasons. The first, to reel in the older audiences, uh, like myself, to the new trilogy. You are 23. I am old in spirit, and that's all that matters. <laughs> um, I enjoy a good scotch and a good recliner and a nice pair of slippers. Jesus. Anyway. Never mind. Never mind. You're 200 um, years old. But aside from, you know, Han, Leia, and Luke, we've got Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, and Peter Mayhew. Now, for those of you who are Star Wars trivia junkies like myself, this will be Anthony Daniels' seventh movie that he's in, making him the only voice actor to appear in all seven films. Uh, so that'll be a nice little trivia bit to hang on there for all you Star Wars trivia fanatics. Um, I kind of like how they're bringing in the original cast. Because they needed to. The way that the story's been handled so far, it makes it seem like the original story was going to be completely separate. A totally new trilogy set inside the Star Wars universe. And then Disney took over and they said, that's not going to happen. 
We need to be able to market. We need to be able to tie it into the original series. We need we need a hook to be able to drag people in. Kind of a draw, yeah. Yeah, kind of a draw. And so that's where Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill come in. It's a, a really nice nod to Peter Mayhew, who is uh, Chewbacca, for those of you who don't know, Anthony Daniels, C-3PO, and Kenny Baker, who is R2-D2. Um. Additionally, I really like the fact that they seem to be constructing sets and not relying on the green screen so much. Early reports show that they're building sets for all the important locations and ships, and the fact that Kenny Baker is reprising his role as R2-D2 makes me um, a little ecstatic, actually, that they're going to be using real parts, real people, and not relying on the green screen that we've come to know and hate from the uh, the new trilogy. Um, so I guess that would be my take on it. Um, I'm still a little wary just because of the marketing angle that I can already see that Disney is taking and also because of my well-documented hatred for J.J. Abrams at this point. <laughs> um, but aside from that, we all know I'm going to go see the movie. I'm going to see it like three or four times. Now, also to add to that, John Williams is going to return as composer, uh, which is fantastic. I, I think that's already been mentioned before, but obviously he's going to be involved in this. Um, the picture that they released was great. It's like a round table uh, of all the the cast, and uh, I guess they're just doing a, a script read. But the great, the best part about it is uh, Abrams is talking to Harrison Ford, and Ford's in his classic like Han sitting pose. And in the background between them is a picture of R2. It's not even a picture. It's the actual R2-D2. I love it. Um, in a crate with a crate open, which is freaking awesome. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to see this movie. Uh, I knew I, I grew up watching Star Wars. Not like Lucas, because that was his entire life and still is. Just a casual but, fan. But yeah, I'm, I'm a casual fan. I mean, well, Ryan, I'm more of a casual. Ryan's more of a casual fan than I am. But I'm extremely excited to see them take it to a whole new level. And uh, complete opposite of Lucas, I'm a huge fan of J.J. Abrams. I love what he did with the Star Trek films and uh, uh, movies like Super 8. He's a very, very skilled director, and I don't think anyone could have rebooted this series better than he could have. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if. Um, oh, you know what it is. An, if they, can you let me finish my thought, Ryan? No. All right. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't matter uh, if they pick another great director to make the eighth or ninth film. I think Abrams is the perfect person to reboot the series. Now you can go, Ryan. I lost my thought. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he knows, J.J. Abrams knows how detrimental this movie is to his career. This movie will make or break him, I think. So I believe he's going to pretty much... I think he's going to handle it with care. He, I think... I'm not the biggest J.J. Abrams fan. I liked some. I liked. I liked most of his work. I'll say. I think. I think he'll do just fine with this. Lucas, rest assured. I believe the movie will be just fine. It'll probably be the best Star Wars in years. Um, well, I mean, that's not a hard feat to accomplish. I mean, like overall, over the whole thing. That, my friend, is blasphemy. <laughs> I. It's. <laughs> some people already say it's going to fail. I have, I you know, I'm I'm optimistic. I think he's gonna do. I think he's gonna do a fine job with it. Here's the thing: is is that okay? So I, I watched his his attempt to direct Star Trek, 
And I watched the first movie and I thought, okay, I admire what he's doing. He's taking the characters and he's telling a new story. You know, so I'm not I'm not angry at that. But his second attempt, and I really call it an attempt to direct a Star Trek film, was just off. Like it, it was <laughs> it was just I I don't remember the last time that I sat through forty five minutes of a movie and said, you know what? I don't particularly care how it ends because I'm done. <laughs> and that's what happened when I tried to watch the second Star Trek movie. And not saying that history is going to repeat itself, but if the tendencies and the cinematography and the storytelling ticks almost that I saw in the second Star Trek movie Into Darkness start to show themselves in Star Wars, I won't be happy. I mean, I'm going to go into it with as blank of a mindset as I can to try to enjoy the movie. And I, I want to come out and be like, that was amazing. I want to be proven wrong. But I just have this, you know what? I'll actually end it with this. In the words of Han Solo, I've got a bad feeling about this. Well said. Isn't that technically in the words of everyone in the Star Wars universe? Well, I'm choosing Han Solo because I most identify with that character. Sure. But if he makes you feel any better... Uh... One of J.J. Abrams' show has literally just been canceled. Almost Human has just been canceled on Fox. It's a little news over bruise update within an update. No! That, that doesn't make me feel better to have his show be canceled. That, that's not a good thing. <laughs> Why is that a good thing? Apparently you don't like well, him. Well, good news. All of J.J. Abrams' projects have been canceled because they're terrible. So now he can work on Star Wars. You got anything else for us, Al? <laughs> no, that's the, that's the latest news update within an update. Okay, we're going to end it on that. J.J. Abrams' latest show has been canceled on Fox. Thank God. We can't wait for him to direct Star Wars. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> Moving away from a galaxy far, far away, we're going to go into some music news. Lucas, what are we reviewing this week? All right. Well, Judas Priest, the official creators, fathers, godfathers, um, old ancient ones of New Wave British heavy metal, have released the first single from their upcoming album, which will be released... In the UK, July 14th, and in the US, July 15th. The track is called Redeemer of Souls. A little info on the album. It's supposed to uh, have 18 songs on it, which is impressive. Um, and it'll be the first Judas Priest studio album in six years. So, we all listen to it. Um, I'd like to get, Al, Ryan, your thoughts on it first as non-Judas Priest fans before I launch into my little mini diatribe here. So, Al, if you could, um, as a primarily uh, Coldplay listener, <laughs> give us your thoughts on the song. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not a Judas Priest fan. Uh, I'm not really a metal fan, but, you know, you've slowly got me into it with, uh, you know, different bands over the years. Uh, it wasn't bad. I, I did kind of enjoy it. A um, little repetitive. Um, I mean, mediocre would probably be the best word to describe it. It just, it was 
you know, everything you want in a metal song, you know, loud and uh, catchy and everything, but it didn't really hit me as something like, oh man, I got, you know, I want to blast this right now and like get pumped up. It didn't really get me in that mood. It was more like, uh, eh, it's all right. Right? Well, when you think Judas Priest, one of the most famous musicians, I'll say, and you think about all of their songs, like, well, uh, what's uh, Judas Priest? You got another thing coming, Breaking the Law. Copyright Law. Um, Copyright Law. Painkiller. Pain I was just about to say Painkiller. You, you know, it, th- those are crazy songs. Uh-huh. And then, I'll be honest with you, Judas Priest is a fossil now, all right? And when I heard this, that's exactly what I heard. I heard dust. And it, it just, it, it just... Uh, it's a very forgettable track. It, you know, you give them points, you give them an A for effort for trying. Um, but ultimately, didn't get my blood going, didn't get the adrenaline pumping. It, it was just kind of, it was just kind of noise to me. Like, like the beginning, as one of our friends pointed out, um, started off nicely, kind of gave us some promise, and then kind of just withered off and, and died towards the end. Jeez. <laughs> no mercy. <laughs> um, well, you know, I I commend you guys for your honesty, um, especially since I'm going to slay you later by playing Slayer nonstop to <laughs> punish you for your sins. No. Um, I I liked the track. I thought it was good. It kind of evokes classic priest. Um, when you're talking about Judas Priest and you're talking about something like. British Steel, you know, something off that album, you're, you know, it, it, it kind of fits right in there with classic Judas Priest. I mean, Rob Halford sounds a little old. I mean, he is old. So that that's kind of, it kind of makes sense. You know, if you listen to the new Slayer track, you sound the same kind of thing where, you know, he, he sounds a little weak in parts where you'd normally expect a really high, powerful scream. It's kind of a lower driving melody. Um, the twin guitar attack of Glenn Tipton and Richie Faulkner is phenomenal. I mean, that's the one thing about Judas Priest that you never really lose is that Glenn Tipton based guitar. Um, I thought that was really the backbone of the song with Rob Halford coming in second. Um, you know, we, we've been, we've been caught off guard by Priest before the first single they released from their Angel of Retribution album was really, really kick ass. And the rest of the album was very mediocre. So I kind of like, I'm kind of hopeful that, that this first mediocre song is a sign of really, really awesome things to come from Judas Priest. Next, hopefully not last album. But like I said, you know, you can only be angry for so long. And uh, we'll see how that works out for Priest. Like I said, you'll be hearing the new album, July 15th in North America. And the album will be called Redeemer of Souls. So hopefully this will be the album of the summer. Kind of like Get Lucky was the song of last summer, maybe, possibly. Yeah, usually when uh, a band releases their first single from a new album, which is also the title track, it's usually mediocre. Said no one ever. Uh, Well, you just said it, so I feel like that disproves your point immediately. Collapse on itself.
Well, that's going to wrap it up for another episode of News Over News. Since we're talking about Star Wars, I'm Al Manorino. Live long and prosper. And I'm Ryan DeMarco. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm going to drag you both to the pit of the Sarlacc, where you will be slowly digested over a period of a thousand years. May your death be slow and painful. Well, I hope they serve beer down there. They don't. Well, poop. Thanks for listening.